Hi, today is the second day we're talking about standing on the rock, and today we're going to talk about the power of the Word of God and our life before others walking in holiness. There's a walk of holiness that God has for us. God sees our heart, but the world sees our actions on the outside, and by our actions on the outside, we can actually become walking, talking Bibles to the world who doesn't even own a Bible. Let's go to the Word of God, and let's enjoy it together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word. This is Pastor Bob Yandian. Glad to have you here today. I began a series yesterday called Standing on the Rock, and we talked about the Word of God gives you the power over sin. And this is what the Word of God is for. Uh, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us when we get born again and we become a child of God, but there's still besetting sins in our life as part of a habit that we brought over from our sinful life. And so that needs to be cleansed and that needs to be taken care of. And that's what the Word of God is for, two eternal things that God has given. Number one is salvation for the sinner. Number two is the word of God for the believer. And the first one removes you from a lifestyle of sin and the life of sin, but the second one actually starts getting into your life and cleaning up those small areas that need to be cleaned up from that point on. That's the eternal word of God. And so uh, we began that series. And I'm, that's what we're offering. We'll come along at halftime and talk about standing on the rock. That's the series that we have to offer. That'll be a great blessing for you. And so it's important that you not only hear these broadcasts and hear the teaching, but you follow through with it also and do more study on it. So all week long, we'll be talking about the importance of standing on the rock. And that rock is the word of God. And each area of your life that it goes in and begins to clean up and bring into the same realm as God himself. And today we're going to be talking about a walk of righteousness in front of the world. Yesterday we talked about sin that's internal, but now we're going to talk about our today, our walk before the world to show them that we are born again. And so good works is what happens. That's what we're talking about today, the good works. Good works are a display toward other people and that we see and shows them that what's on the inside is genuine. They can't see my heart. I know what's in my heart. God knows even better what's in my heart, but the world can't see in there. They've got to see the works on the outside that reflect the change in my life on the inside. And again, if you're watching today for the first time, welcome, glad to have you here today. I'm a teacher of the Word of God. That's why this is called Student of the Word. I'm the one teaching the Word, you're the student of it. So you take notes, write these things down, meditate on them, think about them, uh, get other books, you know, other authors, other, you know, uh, series of teachings on this, listen to them, read them, grow in these things. And of course, that's why I offer a series too, to back this up with even more information than I'm wanting to get in here. So for those of you here for the first time, thank you. For those of you watching for the 10th, 12th, 20th time, thank you for being here today. And for the ones beyond that, which are actually partners with me, you are so sold out on this teaching of the word of God that you've committed yourself and you're a partner with me. And so you're, you're a partner with me on monthly prayer and uh, monthly thanking God for the ministry and listening to it, but also you're standing with me financially. And of course, this thing costs money and God doesn't rain money out of heaven. He gives it through people. And so thank you for being one of those objects that connected me on earth with heaven and God. And you're giving finances because of God, what's doing in your life. You're giving it in this ministry. And this is eternal too. What we do here, getting people saved and getting people matured in the word of God is eternal. And you will be in heaven rewarded for this. If you'd like to become a partner, go to bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there on our webpage that you can become a partner with me. And I thank you 
in advance. Matthew 7, verse 24 through 27 is the verse we talked about yesterday. And here it says, Jesus speaking, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, that's the word of God, knows the importance of hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And then does them. Not only does he hear them, he does them. I will compare him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rock is the type of the word of God. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house, and it did not fall because it was built on a rock. Again, God wants us to build our life. That is a house on the foundation of the rock, and that is the word of God. A house that's built on a rock, it'll withstand everything, and it will not come blowing down. Verse 26 says, and everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and the fall was great. This isn't talking about the fall of a sinner. It's talking about the fall of a believer who once he gets born again, doesn't study the word of God, builds his life on the same uh, sand. It may be a fragment, again, sand is fragments of a rock. And so it might be a little fragment of a scripture, a fragment of scripture. It's not the whole of the word of God or the correct application of it. And that may be because he has studied the wrong material or not studied the right material, or the pastor, the minister has not really taught the word of God. They teach, as we talked about it yesterday, life lessons. And he pulls something out of life and pulls some verses of scripture, segments of scripture, all around like sand, and they put it all in there and think that's going to be what the person needs when the person needs the opposite. They need the rock brought to them, the rock of the Word of God, dissected, looked at, looked at it from other uh, viewpoints of other ministers in the Word of God. Not only teach from what Jesus said, see what Paul had to say about it, Peter had to say about it, James had to say about it, Old Testament writers, Moses and Isaiah had to say about it. That's what's so important, and that way it's all the Word of God working together. So again, we have studied the Word Word of God and its power against sin. That was in the last broadcast. And the word today is going to give us power over sin and bring maturity in our life. And this is called Christ-likeness, us walking before the world. This is also called good works in the word of God. Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 8 through 10 says this, for by grace are you saved through faith. The grace of God brings us the gospel and our faith saves us. So grace is God's full hand coming to us and faith is our empty hand coming to God. We talk about faith so much, but honestly, faith is that empty hand. We need to talk more about the grace of God that brings everything that we need for life and godliness in the hand of God. When it says you're saved by faith, the entire plan of salvation is all in the hand of God. We reach out with our empty hand and we take from God's full hand. Grace it says comes from God and it were saved by faith and that even that faith is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Second Timothy chapter three, verses 16 and 17 tells us where growth comes from in our Christian life. It doesn't come by just going to church. It doesn't come by just joining the youth group. It doesn't come by just joining the singles department. No, it doesn't come by even just working in the church. It comes from scripture, scripture that's taught in church where it just, you know, it lights our fire when pastor teaches on certain things. And we we go home and study that out for ourselves or study other authors on that same subject because we want to know more than just what was taught in the church. 
and pastors, that's why it's important that you have, you know, good resources yourself and then tell other people about good resources. Tell them what authors to study after, well, especially on the subject you're teaching on. And again, it says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And that means from Genesis to Revelation, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And the Greek word there, theo, noustos. Theo is the word for God and noustos is the word for breath. And so he's saying here, all scripture is God breathed. This is actually the breath of God. The word of God is the breath of God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Doctrine, the word of God, reproof. We need reproof, but the word of God is what reproves us. Then once we're reproved, we need correction to get on the right path. And that's what the word of God does. And then finding instruction in righteousness to keep us on the path. Verse 17, so the man of God may be perfect. The Greek word teleos means mature, that the man of God and woman of God may become mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. What the world needs to see is not Christians. They need to see mature Christians. They need to see disciples, not just converts. And that's why these verses are so important. Because works do not save us, nor make us spiritual doesn't mean they're not a part of the Christian life. But, you know, because the Bible talks about the wrong type of works doesn't mean you can take the word works in the Bible and throw them all under that little cover and say all works are wrong. No, there are good works. But the bad works are when you try to work for what God offers in grace. He offers salvation in grace and you don't want it. You want to work for it. I'll go to church more and that way I can go to heaven. I'll be kinder to people around me and that way I'll go to heaven. You cannot substitute your works for what God offers in grace. Grace is God's gift to you. You just simply reach out and take it. And so this is the importance of it. But also what God is saying is once you receive my grace and it changes your character, there does need to be a change in your works, but it's before the world, not before God. I'm not trying to prove myself before God. He knows my heart. I'm proving to the world this thing is genuine. You knew me before I got saved. You know me after I got saved. And now that I become saved and start walking in the word of God, my whole life has changed so much that you can see it. Again, because works do not save nor make us spiritual doesn't mean they're not a part of the Christian life. Again, we do not work for our salvation. We do not work for our spirituality. We do not work to impress God and we don't work for God because we want to impress others. We work because we love God and we love people. There's your key right there. Why do I work for God? I love him. Why do I work for people? It's because I love them too. This love that God has placed in my heart now is to be shed to the world. And God said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now that I have received his only begotten son, I have a love for the world too because what was free and simple to me is free and simple to them. We work because we have the Holy Spirit in us and he backs our works. I don't want them to see works I produce. I want them to see works the Holy Spirit in me prompts me to do and that way I'm still guided by God. Good works are the increasing goal of the Christian life. Our goals keep changing from day to day and keep getting bigger and bigger, but literally good works are are the increasing goal of the Christian life. Salvation should produce good works. Spirituality should produce good works. And good works do not produce faith, but faith produces good works. Take a look with me at James chapter two. 
The verses describing salvations, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, also mention works, but James takes it to the next level and takes it to his congregation. What James is speaking of here as the pastor of the church of Jerusalem, he's speaking to you as a parishioner, as somebody attending his church. While you're reading the book of James, he's a pastor to you and speaking to you. And he says in James chapter 2, verse 14 through 26, what does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and does not have works? Can faith alone save him? The answer is yes, before God, but not before people. James is not talking about your salvation before God. He's talking about showing your salvation to people, living it in front of them. And just as God can now see your heart, the world can see your outward lifestyle. And so it says, can faith alone save him? This is in front of people. The answer is no. It saves you alone in front of God, but it does not save you in front of the world out there. Verse 15, if a brother or sister is naked without daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding, you do not give to those things which are needful to the body. What does it profit? Even so, faith, if it doesn't have works, that's corresponding actions to show your faith, it's dead being alone. Do I have faith? Yes, but if it doesn't produce for people, it's like it's dead inside of me, because the purpose of faith is to now start giving to people around me, and the first thing that gives is the gospel. We'll take up right here when we come back from the break. Hearing the Word of God and then doing the Word of God forms a foundation of solid rock in your life. Hearing the Word of God and then not doing it forms a foundation of shifting sand in your life. In these six lessons, Pastor Bob Yandian reveals that it is not just the hearing of the Word, but also the doing of the Word that brings blessing to your life. Based on Matthew 7, this series explains the importance of building your life on the strong foundation of God's Word. Hearing and doing the Word of God gives us power over sin, power in prayer, power to produce good works in our lives. The Holy Spirit brings holiness, stability, and power in our lives through the double-edged sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. To order Standing on the Rock, visit our website at bobyendian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. 
We are in James chapter two, and we're gonna take a look at verses 14 through 26. We'll go back and cover these verses that I've just covered uh, before the break. And really comes back to this. God's goal for you is not just to get saved, it's to become a disciple. That's why he left you here. If God's goal was for you to get saved, he would just take you out of here the moment you got saved. You've arrived, but you haven't arrived. What God wants you to do is grow up in mature in the things of God, and this is called becoming a disciple. And a convert is somebody that God knows is born again, but a disciple is one the world can look at and know they're born again. They're acting like Jesus. In fact, the word Christian means a little Jesus. So the point of it is, is a convert gets to go to heaven, but a disciple takes other people with him. And this is what God has left us here for, to bring other people to salvation, because now Jesus in me, the Holy Spirit in me, my uh, a life before the Lord is now in me, and this needs to be seen by the world. And when that happens, they'll want what I have and accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. And this is why God left us here, to win souls. It's the number one thing that God has asked us to do is win souls, the most important thing we do. James chapter two, verse 14, we're gonna read down through verse 26. And here again, James is talking to his congregation. He says in verse 14, what does it profit my brethren? Though a man say he has faith and doesn't have works, what good is it? Well, it's all right before God, because God can see your heart. He's talking here in James chapter two about your life in front of the world. And the world can't see your faith, but they can see your good works. So what does it profit, my brother, though a man say he has faith and doesn't have good works? Can faith alone save him? That's before God. Yes, it can, but not in front of people. So your salvation is more seen as more complete when people around you start seeing there has been a change in your life. If you never affected anybody, you'd still go to heaven. The thief on the cross never got anybody saved, and he went to heaven. Jesus even said, I'll be with you in paradise. But it would have been nice if he got saved before he went to the cross, never had to go to the cross, and then start affecting lives around him by showing Jesus Christ in him. Verse 15 goes on to say, if a brother or sister is naked and without daily food, and one of you say to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding, you do not give them those things which are necessary to the body, what does it profit? In other words, to be born again and not affect people around you, what kind of profit is coming from that salvation? It's kept to yourself. It's never shared with anybody else else and the gospel and all the great things from it are meant to be shared with the world for one purpose, to help bring them to Jesus Christ. Verse 17, even so faith, if it doesn't have good works, is dead. Your faith isn't doing anything. Is it alive before God? Yes, but God wants it to be where it's reaching out to the world. The faith I had in Jesus Christ now reaches out to the world. Verse 17, even so faith, if it doesn't have works, is dead, standing alone. A man may say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. It's impossible. You cannot show people your faith without showing them your works. I will show you my faith by my works. That's exactly what faith is for in this natural life around us. That is, I'll show you my faith by my works. Verse 19, you believe that there is one God, you do well. The devils also believe in trembling. So you have given your life to Jesus, you know that God is there. Well, really, honestly, demons can't get saved, but you know what? They believe there's one God. How are you any better? 
better than they are if you don't witness to other people and show them your good works. Verse 20, but will you know, O vain man, that faith without corresponding actions is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works? Notice this when he offered Isaac his son on the altar. This verse doesn't say he was justified by works before God. He was justified by faith before God years before this ever happened and years before Isaac was ever born. But there came a day when in front of other people, God asked him to offer Isaac, his son, on the altar. And they these people around saw the obedience of him and knew what he was about to do. He loved that son and he loved him so much. And they saw him about to place his son on the altar. And suddenly the love of God was displayed to them who gave us his son on the altar of the cross. Do you not see how faith worked together with his works? Faith and corresponding actions worked together and by works was faith made perfect, not in front of God, in front of people. And God says, I left you here for this purpose so that your works can become perfected and those around you can see Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And the scripture was fulfilled, which said Abraham believed God and it was imputed to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Now one is speaking toward God and one is speaking toward men again. You see then how that by works a man is justified. That's before people and not by faith only. That's before God. God wants what he sees to be seen by people around you. That's why he left you here. And this is the walk of righteousness. This is the walk of maturity. This is the walk of a disciple as opposed to a convert. Verse 25, likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she received the messengers and had sent them out another way. She was saved 40 years before this. When Israel crossed the Red Sea, she received the Lord as Savior and told the two spies that came to see her. She said, on that day, I knew that your God was God above and on earth beneath. She received the Lord and now 40 years later, she gets to show this faith by hiding the two spies that came. Verse 26, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Your spirit is alive, but it needs its demonstration to the world to prove that what's in you is the life of God and that life can be seen by other people. If God did not intend you to accomplish good works, he would not have given you a body with eyes and ears and hands and feet. What are your eyes, ears, hands, and feet for? for walking out there, doing good works, laying hands on the sick, seeing their needs and having ears to hear what they have to say. One body touches the natural world. We touch people through good works. Our body touches the natural world and we touch people through our good works. Faith and good works are permanently joined together. Good works are a result of the word of God. James 1.22 calls it being a doer of the word of God. Good works are a result of faith. Good works are a result of the means of witnessing. Good works are a means of rewards in time and eternity. Good works are a proof of our sanctification before God and people, and good works are a proof of our joy and our love for God. The scope of good works is wide. It's our daily priority. Titus chapter three and verse eight says this. This is a faithful saying. And these things I will 
that you affirm constantly that those who have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. Without good works, we will never know God's character. Hebrews 12, 14, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. The word here doesn't mean see with your eyes. The word is harao. Blepo is the Greek word for seeing with your eyes. And we get blips on a radar screen that you actually see those blips in front of you. But harao means to perceive, to comprehend. Harao is where we get the, uh, the word, English word for horizon. We see the whole picture. And what this is saying here is follow peace with all men and follow holiness also, without which no man shall perceive the Lord. This word means the more you follow God in you, people will perceive and comprehend the Lord and his fullness as they watch you. Good works are not to be hidden. Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine before men. Don't keep it in here that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. All oh, here's the purpose of good works. Again, Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine in front of men. Don't let it be, don't keep it under a bushel. Take it open, let people see it, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Good works should be your defense before a world filled with evil. First Peter chapter two and verse 12, having your conversation, and this Greek word means conduct, having your conduct honest among the Gentiles. The word Gentiles is used two different ways for a nationality, but also for the heathen. So in front of the heathen, the sinners you're around every day, have your conduct be honest among them, whereas they speak evil against you, that you may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. They're going to come a day when the Holy Spirit's going to visit them. They're going to start remembering what you were like. And they may have made fun of you. They may have intimidated you, but suddenly they're going to start saying, he was right. That guy had the right type of life. They may even search you out to find out what's in your life and you can lead them to the Lord Jesus Christ. We should stimulate other Christians to produce good works. Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider one another to provoke them to love and to do good works. A good work is one Jesus would do and it ends up giving glory to God. Colossians 3, 17. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father by him. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, this is in public, do all to the glory of God. In other words, God doesn't, I mean, God looks at you and yes, he watches what you eat and drink and all that kind of stuff. But what it says here in this verse of scripture is whatever you do in front of the world, do it to the glory of God. Good work should be a delight, not a chore. Psalm chapter 40 and verse eight, I delight to do your will, my God. Yes, your law is in my heart. So he says, I delight. This should be something we want to do, not forced to do. Oh, well, there's sinners out there. I gotta act like a good boy. No, Psalm 40 and verse eight says, I delight to do your will, my God. Your law is in my heart. So bring it out to the outside where people can see what's in your heart. Actions, works, are a means of taking what's in your heart and displaying it to this visible world out there filled with people. Good works are our way of wearing like clothing God's word, Titus 
showing all good fidelity that they may wear the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. In other words, like clothing is seen by people out there, they see your good works like clothing that you're wearing. 2 Corinthians 3, 2. You are our epistle written in our hearts and then known and read of all men. Paul said there, I've led you to the Lord. I've given you the word of God. And now you've turned into a walking, talking Bible. You are the Bible to the world. You know why? Because what's in you is now coming out. What's been taught to you is coming out. And he's saying here that you become the Bible. The, maybe the only Bible they will ever have is you in front of them. We are that epistle. Good works leave a legacy and a resume for others, Acts 9.36. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and almsgiving, which she did. Notice this, she was a walking, talking Bible in front of the city she lived in. And so she lived the life of God in front of everyone. And she was filled with good works and giving money to God for the expansion of the gospel. 1 Timothy 5 verses 9 and 10. Let not a widow be taken into the number under 60 years old, having been the wife of one man, well reported of for good works. If she has brought up children, if she has lodged strangers, if she has washed the saints' feet, if she has relieved the afflicted, if she has given diligently following every good work, this verse says that even if you're a widow and you're not seen much by the world, what they do see was you're taking care of children, taking care of people and doing it all in the name of the Lord. And you're following every good work. And you know what's gonna happen? Someone can give their life to Jesus and you may not have verbally talked to them. You just showed them Jesus in your life. See you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. Join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.